What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another H&K Video Game Experience. This is our 17th episode, man. Can you believe it? Uh, 17? It doesn't seem like we've been doing it for 17 episodes. That means we're doing it 17 weeks, roughly. I know we, had, we, we skipped several weeks. I know we had point. some skips, but, you know. So. It's fun, man. I look forward to doing it every time. I like to uh, chop up old games with you and whatnot. But uh, it just kind of gives me a reason to go back and look into them and keep them relevant, man. Keep mm-hmm. them uh, for a whole other generation. Maybe somebody else can get into them. And I kind of do wonder what other people think. You know, this generation that grew up with PlayStations and whatnot, when they go back and play these 8 bits. Certainly, it's not the way that I feel when I play Atari because those games are terrible. <laughs> I did not. I do not like Atari games, man. I mean, they're just I, not fun. But people, I like collect them. it. I mean, yeah, I can't get into them. But anyway, cool. Hollywood Cole and uh, Clear Fire is here back again. Just us two going to talk about a little bit about the Legend of Zelda for the NES, the uh, very first Legend of Zelda. So it ought to be pretty good. But before that, I just wanted to chop it up a little bit. What you got, man? What have you been up to since last week? Uh, trying not to get sick again. Uh, <laughs> we finally got a little warmer. Yeah. So we got a whole other Arctic front moving in. Yeah, I know. It's going to be coming like... It like just dips down right down over Mississippi and dips. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all it's, it does. Like a little t- teardrop. Yeah, it's talking about having another one, so and looking like in in the first of February having that, which is only what about a little more than a week away. So I'll be going back yep. into another polar freeze down here. So so we kind of mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, just me and you on the phone. I don't know if you, I think it was yesterday when we talked. Uh, just about some PlayStation games that are coming out. Monster Hunter yes. uh, looks awesome. I think we're going to have to end up getting that one, play that one with Rev. We'll have a lot to talk about. We'll get on there and chop it up, what we think about it. Maybe we'll do a review or something of it, you know? Yeah, I think a review of that would be good. Um, I've never played any Monster Hunter games, but this one, looks, this one looks awesome. Like, I'm really kind of pumped up about it. I watched some videos on it today at work. Uh, since I finally got my internet working on my PC at work, uh, so I decided to waste time at work and do that, you know, so... <laughs> Well, that'll be perfect because you and Rev have never played it. I've only played one for the Wii U, but it'll be good to get a an initial non-tainted uh, mm-hmm. point of view. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Um, another game I'm looking at is it, it, it goes to my um, anime heart there a little bit is the new Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I don't know if you have any interest in that at all. Not at all. <laughs> that one looked that one looked a little fun just because of the nostalgia's sake, you know. I remember back in it's high school. It's a fighting school, game or it's a fighting game uh based around Dragon Ball and it's uh a whole series and everything. So yeah. it looked it looked pretty neat. Um the thing that I thought that was cool about it was the fact that it had a lot of the scenes from the TV show in the game and they're really really close to what the scenes were in the movies. So that that's kind of cool to have those cut scenes that look almost identical to it. So if you like a little nostalgia there, then you have that. And it also has stuff from the current series of Dragon Ball Super that's going on right now as well in it. So having so all they're that still making really Dragon cool. Ball Zs and, and like having new <coughs> series and everything coming out for those. Well, they're they're not making a new series. They're not making a new Dragon Ball Z, but they've got the next one, which is called Dragon Ball Super. Uh, back in two thousand. The mid-2000s or so, they had one called Dragon Ball GT, which was not written by the original uh, 
director of Dragon Ball. I cannot remember his name, but um, he decided to do this Dragon Ball Super as a direct continuation from Dragon Ball Z. Basically, it picks up right where Dragon Ball Z left off, and he wanted to basically kind of right the wrongs of what GT did to his series. So he's basically kind of not erasing what happened in GT because GT happens way after what happens in Dragon Ball Super, but he wants to have that in there to basically say, no, this is what I intended to carry on. And so it's pretty good so far. I've enjoyed it. So I'm, I have to watch I have to watch it dubbed. I can't watch it subbed. It's just, you know, for me to sit there and read it, I'll lose all the action on the screen. I'm, I'm yeah. too busy reading and I can't keep up with the action. So yeah, I can't. Uh, I never got into it. I never really, I watched like one and it's, you know, it's the Japanese anime, Jap animation. Mm-hmm. And it just like couldn't get it, couldn't get into it. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of a. I'm not a huge fan of Japanimation, but I do have my series that I like. I, of course, I like the Dragon Ball series, and uh, another one that I like movie style, movie sidewise, is uh, Vampire Hunter D. It's got several movies out around it too, and I love that. Actually, the first time I ever saw that was uh, I don't know if you remember, but the uh, Leadco special movie that would come on on Saturdays or Sundays. Oh, no, uh, I remember that. So, yeah, Leadco was a company in uh, Mississippi that did vinyl siding. Oh, and they they sponsored and they sponsored a TV. They sponsored a movie either on Saturdays or Sundays. And so it was really funny. If you go look up the go look up the commercials, if you can. I remember Jerry Clower. I remember that now. Was, yes. Oh my gosh! I <laughs> so they, they sponsored a movie. Yeah, they sponsored a movie. They would sponsor a movie every either Saturday or Sunday. I can't remember which day. Sometimes it was both days, but. Um, it it was funny because they had the Leadco shuffle and their uh, one of their slogans was Leadco leads the way and it's just really funny because all the commercials were just Leadco commercials and they were cheesy because it was just a Mississippi company. It's really funny if you can go you you probably can go look it up. It's if I'm not mistaken, it's spelled L E E D C O. If you go look that up on YouTube, you probably can find some of the old commercials that they did and the Leadco shuffle and all that. It, it was just really funny and silly, but. They actually showed Vampire Hunter D on this. Now, Vampire Hunter D is a Japanimation that's very graphic, very gory, very bloody. Um, it has nudity in it. It's it's pretty out there, you know. And it's anime too, so that's all, that's what makes it kind of kind of weird for all that. But the basis of the movie is is the main character, which is called Vampire Hunter D. He's actually a vampire that's hunting other vampires, and he's kind of looked down upon in the vampire world as being a killer of his own. But he wants to clean up the world and do all that good stuff. So it's a good movie. Go check it out if you've never watched it. It's, it's really interesting if you like any type of anime stuff. It's, it's a really good series. It's a really good couple of movies. So Yeah, I've heard about that one. I don't think I've ever seen it. But I know on MTV at one point, and I'm, just, I'm really just digging deep to remember this. At some point, I don't know if it's between videos or if it's in or before or after a show, they would do little excerpts. I think they had Aeon Flux on there. Yep. Um, you know what I'm talking about? It's little excerpts. Yeah, they actually, of, they actually what had was a, that? They actually had a late night uh, programming for it, and they would carry that in. Um, you have like, let's see, Beavis and Butthead excerpts of uh, rock yeah. music in theirs. Uh, Aeon Flux was actually a series that MTV put on by the you know, by itself, right. and they did it late at night, and they usually did it in conjunction with like some of the other older music shows that they used to do. So. Um, 
just depending yeah, on what era, what era of MTV you were watching was depending on how you watched it. I remember watching EM Flux when it was literally they just had the show and didn't have any of the other music stuff tied in with it. So yeah, this was just little like five minute clips, and they were so good. I mean, my sister used to watch them, and it was just. They were really cool, and I thought they had a little bit of Vampire Hunter D excerpts on there, but they did. No, um, they do. But you know, it's just a weird thing. But I like that. That was pretty fun to do. But anyway, what do you got? You got any uh, video game news for us? Uh, we actually have some good video game news. Awesome. So first, we're going to start off. We're going to go beat our dead horse again, and we're going to pull up Destiny oh. again. So, um, <laughs> so and- before we even start Destiny, we're, when we have Edgy on here, by the way, we got to reschedule this thing yeah. with Edgy. Because uh, Coach has a scheduling conflict, but anyway, I want to ask her. You know, she had some light on Destiny, so you know we're always bashing it. I want to see what she does. She still play it and everything, or they, they are they hardly stop? on it anymore. So you oh, probably so, you know you're probably gonna, you're probably going to have some negativity from them on okay. their side too. But <laughs> never mind. But they but but the, but also too. Every time I talk to uh, her husband, which is uh, gamer tag is Kuiper uh, i five four five. I think he was a big BMW fan, so that's why he did that. But um, the last time I talked to him, he was still talking about how wonderful it is. And I'm like, you're telling me it's wonderful when you have all of these things that show it's not that good. you know? And so he's still kind of high on the game and everything, and I kind of laugh at him about it. And I'm like, but you don't play it very much. You're playing other games now, but you're still high on this game. And he's like, well, yeah, it's such a great game. I was like, is it a great game because of... It's a great game, or is it a great game because it's a game that you can play with the friends we've made inside the game? And he never, games. and he can never and he can never answer that because he knows that if he answers it either way, he's stuck <laughs> so and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bust him for it. So he like, I, I always always give him the, always give him that option and he never he never can answer because he knows if he goes with the friend side I'm like well then there's your purpose. Well that's there. what the that's what they said. He said the the end game content is all the friends you've made. <laughs> they exactly. Calling it the friend so game content. So he's, play, so he's playing right. Oh, that's so great. Saying, so. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that, that's just kind of funny. And like, like I said, I haven't seen them all very much. I'll pop on probably once a week just to do, not even do anything. The last time I popped on, I popped on to pledge allegiance to new monarchy. And then I was going to start doing stuff to earn my rewards for the week. And then I go, Nah, I'd just rather go watch TV. You know, it's it's so bad <laughs> that I'd rather, I'd rather even watch TV <clears throat> than play the game. But I still yeah. log on like once or twice a week just to like look at it and go, ah, uh-uh, no, 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 I'm done. So <laughs> we'll see. I what can happens. name anything than rather sit there and read or put a puzzle together. Oh God, I would rather I would like... rather read the dictionary than play <laughs> Destiny at this point. That's how, that's how it is, and I don't read. I don't like reading, so. <laughs> All right, so what are they? Uh, well, so I saw you posted something on the Facebook that the player base has dropped like seventy percent. So something ridiculous. So they actually have a graph out showing the drop in the player base. Uh, a couple of the gamers that play it have uh, actually analyzed it and, and shown it out. The only bad thing they weren't able to show was the great increase of when Trials of uh, not Trials of Osiris, but when uh, the Osiris DLC dropped. So that's it's a little off on that, but the end number is correct. So you're looking at overall basis is players, but the player base has dropped seventy five percent since release. The game's only been out since September, and they already have a seventy five percent drop in their in that too. 
So why uh, can't they show the the uh, curse of Osiris? They just don't. Just have a, the, they just don't have this. Maybe the, it never bounced. Maybe it just continued to bounce. Oh, it, it bounced. It, it increased because in in their graph they have an increase, but they're not able. Oh, to I've incur- never seen that little bitty. <coughs> yeah, there was yeah, a little one in there. I'm sorry, I got a little little uh, cough there, but um, they're not they're not able to show the exact amounts is what they were saying. They they're able to uh, to estimate it, but not show oh, the yeah. exacts. They want to be able to show the exacts because they really want to show how bad this is happening. So with all this happening, the 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 kicker to this is is now people are starting to look at the stocks on it. Um, a couple of people are doing some speculative analysis on it, which that's, you know, if you know stock markets and things like that, speculative analysis is just a thing that they always do on all the stocks. Stock trading is basically speculative analysis in a nutshell. So what they're basically doing is is these uh, these traders on Wall Street, that's, and this is some of that I posted on our Facebook page as well, they're looking at it and saying that this game is failing. You know, when when you have somebody that's not even in touch with the gaming community at all, aka Wall Street, saying that a game is failing and crashing, you 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 know something's up there because they they're not even in touch with it, and they're looking at it based on the numbers and the money and the drops in player base and things like that. So they're looking at it from an analytical standpoint, not that's from a, a good, standpoint of so of think of it this this way too, like you're saying. Um, the gaming gaming companies like Rockstar that like Bungie used to be a gaming company that designed games mm-hmm. by gamers. You know the gamers were the game designers, and uh, and now it's turning to a money making. You know, chairman around the board, blah blah blah. Exactly. And now Wall Street can look at it and go, it, "You're failing at that too." So you're not only yeah. failing at your game. With the gamer's perspective, but also on the money perspective. So, well, wow. Well, there's also rumors that Activision's about to lose its CEO and get a new CEO. And anytime you have changes like that, you're looking at uh, downticks in your stock price. You're going to look at downticks yeah. and a lot of things that affect, you know, not only the money side, but the actual workings of a company. And especially if you change out CEOs, you, you go through a big upheaval. So, if that happens, then, you know, it's going to be an amazing, you know, Bungie itself is going to be in a major problem because they are tied to Activision. And you so, said it the best when you we were talking the other day again. Uh, you know, you've heard me say it, and I'm sure you've said it too on the podcast. But it comes down to, you know, wow, you could have had a, such a great thing with this new universe you created, and the cost on down the line, you know, the, or excuse me, the profits on down the line would have way way outweighed this. And you called them the opportunity yeah. cost. So yeah. they didn't even look at the opportunity cost that they're throwing away, or the opportunity profits or margins. They're trying to get the immediate, and it came back and bit them. So exactly. I'm glad it did because I don't like business done that way. Well, and more it's talk a terrible on that. way to do business. Well, so uh, more talk on that too. Just to, I want to expound uh, expound a little on the uh, opportunity cost for our listeners and what I was what I was uh, trying to describe there. So with Destiny, you know, they've got this ten year plan. That's, a, that's a, been the big talk about Destiny. Period is their ten year plan. How are they going to make a game stretch ten years? Well, I really honestly thought they were going to go the way of an MMO like uh, yeah. World of Warcraft went, to where they could just add the different expansions in and just grow upon the base game, and that would be the way they do it. Well, no, Activision decided to turn it corporate and say, you need to do sequels in there as well. So basically, you can't just have a base game and grow off of it. you got to have sequels, which I feel like with... Uh, with World of Warcraft, they're kind of kind of built-in sequels with their with their uh, pieces that they put in and everything. But 
that's where the whole corporation greed comes in. So when you're looking at it from that angle, your opportunity costs there are what does it cost you to you know cover out that 10 years and how do you get from point A to point B? What are all the different options there? Those are your opportunity costs. So you know, looking at that, I think where Bungie has shot themselves in the foot is is they're not looking at the full range of their opportunity costs. They're looking at it in the short term, not the long term. And with that is is they're like, how can I put the money in my pocket now so I can turn around and try to reinvest that into the game? The bad way of doing that and what makes that so volatile is is you don't plan your game out well enough to go for the long haul, which you can see that in Destiny 1. It's not, it was not a game designed to go for the long haul. I was like, how in the world is this game going to last 10 years without having sequels? Then you see Destiny 2, and you know right then and there when they dropped it, it was designed to grab money. You know, it is, it, it's heavy laden with microtransactions, even though it's not pay to, pay to win, but they put everything that you really want, which are customizable things like shaders, sparrows, all those kind of little fun things that made the game fun that you were hunting and grabbing out in Destiny 1, they put it all behind a paywall. So looking at that, their opportunity cost they lost there is the fact that if they would have kept it closer to the same as Destiny 1, in the long run, they actually would have turned a higher profit. That's in my opinion, and I think that if they would have kept it the way that <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Eververse was originally where it was like, okay, yeah, you can get it here, but you can also get it in-game too, which I know that you can get Bright Ingrams and all that, and you can gain a lot of this stuff through playing the game, but at a, at a point, they've, they've, they've soft-capped the amount of Bright Ingrams you can get in a week, and so it slows all of that down, so you really can't get as much, and it drives you to pay money in. So in that drive, that's where they've broken their opportunity cost down to a smaller portion than what they could have. Which, of course, the other part to opportunity cost is what you're losing. So what they're losing is is that benefit of having a game that has the longevity in it. So I, I think they've shot themselves in the foot when they're not looking at their full option there of going that full 10 years with one game where Activision is pushing them to do sequels. I think that they, they blew it on all, all that holy in there. So Yeah. You know, we've beat we've beat Destiny down. Yeah. I mean, we've said probably said that to the past few uh, yeah. podcasts, but um, but anyway. So yeah, I mean, it's just other people are sharing our yeah. uh, thoughts on that. So well, that's good. We're getting this speculation now from Wall Street, which I mean, they they look at the stocks. You know, uh, Bungie, Activision are publicly traded companies, so they they're definitely on the stock market and they're being watched. And then you also too the other kicker too the other bit of news that I posted on our Facebook page that uh, Destiny is in its quote-unquote death throes is the fact that they <laughs> took their their best people that designed the game, let them design it for a year to 18 months, and then pull them off to design the next game. And then they put their live team, which is their team B, not their best players, to, start design, to, to basically design and develop the game the rest of the way out for its two, three year, whatever time frame they're going to have for it and all the expansions. And I really think that that's a misstep because I will say that Luke Smith, the guy that actually did a lot of the writing on the Taken King that actually saved Destiny 1, I think if they would have left him on it as the front man flat out all the way, we'd have a better game and we'd have better development. But until they figure out how they should set that and how they should structure that, we're never going to have a good game from Bungie again. You know, especially when they're partnered with Activision, it's just the pressures that the the two companies are putting on each other just doesn't work out right with the way that they're designed with the two different teams. It's not working. It, it, it's a failing project. 
So talking about a good game, you know, a timeless game, just to switch gears here for a minute, is a game that uh, we played. We all played. You had a Game Boy, didn't you? Uh, Did- I eventually had one. Okay. Did you have, buy the one with Tetris? Of course. Yeah, Tetris was like the best-selling game of all time. Yep. Right? It's a very fun... It's a, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but a lot of people like it. And the reason I bring that up is just to segue into this. I did not know this. This happened two days ago. Uh, somebody really likes Tetris in uh, Florida. Uh, this is straight off of the NME.com website. Uh, you can find it anywhere. Just type it in Google. Woman wants to marry her Tetris game. I'm about oh, making gosh. this up. Yeah, and I just kind of, you know, I'm not yeah. trying to make crazy light of it, but it just, just got you got to hear this because this is, uh, this is crazy. I'll read the story. They've been in a relationship for almost two years. A woman in Florida has opened up about her intimate relationship with the video game Tetris. Fractal, her name is Fractal Huracan. She's 20 years old, is attracted to inanimate objects, otherwise known as objectophilia. In an interview mm-hmm. with this morning's Philip Schofield and Holly Wilby, I don't know, the math students explained that she had been in a relationship with Tetris for almost two years and would like to marry the game. And she says, love's not something you can expect, but honestly, part of it is clearing lines. It satisfies me, and it's really just beautiful. I find him so attractive. There's an interview you can watch. Uh, and that she recognizes she can't literally marry an object, she says she would like to have a symbolic wedding ceremony with Tetris. She describes her relationship as very intimate. Typical dates include sitting at the library, playing games for hours, or, quote, cuddling him. She maintains that she is not jealous of other people who play Tetris, as long as no one else is trying to date him romantically. <laughs> I don't have a problem with other people playing Tetris, she said. Anyway... She says from age seven, she's had an attracted inanimate objects. I just decided that I like monorails and iPods and treadmills, she says. She had a relationship with a calculator named Pierre de Ferment. Asked what prompted attraction what prompted her attraction to Pierre. She said, I thought Pierre was really beautiful and loved the buttons on him and a trackpad is beautiful and I just loved his function. However, the relationship ended when Pierre broke in two thousand sixteen. Cuckoo. Yeah. That is really weird. Um, that's that's crazy. And you can look it up. Let me just let me just type it in because you got to see this. I'm a I'm a lost for words on that man. I know. Let's see what you wanted to say about. Like, it. Oh my gosh! It's just like so. This yeah, it's all over. Uh, well, that one. So this happened uh, earlier, I guess. That that story that I just read came out two days ago. So they're just catching up. We're probably behind on it. It probably came out a couple weeks ago. Wow. But she, it shows her with a picture of her game at some point. And it's a Nintendo game, the regular NES game, not the Game Boy version. And the label is just, like, in terrible shape. It is, like, destroyed. So, I mean, what do you <laughs> what do you imagine? I mean, like, um, she's probably cuddling with uh, that Tetris. But it's, I mean, I don't even know what to say about it either. I just thought it was just kind of crazy. And people that want to, you know, just something we don't ever talk about, of course. But wow. we always talk about game. But that's video game related, man. I saw it. I said, I got I to gotta mention it. I want thought you would have more to say about I, I, it. I, I'm, I'm going to do some more reading on it, and I'll have some more to say later. But, yeah, my gosh. And, two, some of the words that will come out of my mouth about that story are probably not uh, PG and not good for this. Because it's just... <laughs> That's insane, and and guys, if you know me, 
you know, I'm doing this podcast and I've been pretty good about not dropping any bombs, but you know, when I talk to Hollywood on the phone, it's usually, it can, it can be pretty, pretty, uh, uh, laden with bombs here and there. So I'll keep it clean for that. But yeah, I mean, you're looking at a person that has some kind of mental instability and the fact that they're bonding to something like that, you definitely need to go get that checked out. You know, that's 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 bad. I mean, just recently the CDC classified gaming as a uh, the certain certain type of gaming as a disease. I can't remember exactly what all it, what, what all it said. I just glanced over it because I went I was like crazy people. <laughs> but um, you know, when you're looking at something like that, that that that's sad. You know, what what drove the person to become that way? What drove the person to the game uh, yeah, so knows, much, man. so much that she feels like she has to marry that game? I mean, you're looking at you're cutting out, you're going to be cutting out human interaction with other people and all this other stuff for this game. It is Tetris too, Tetris. man. It's yeah, Tetris. what about Final Fantasy? Yeah, uh, I know. Zelda. I mean, no, you, that's, that's, you don't even have you don't even have people in Tetris. You just have so blocks. Calm. Oh my god! Or even either. something like Wow, where you can it's always developing. And, I mean, I know people. Know. I know people that have a gaming that had a gaming addiction to Wow, to EverQuest, to things like that. They spent hundreds of dollars on the game that were just absurd amounts of money on, on those games. And oh my gosh, just hearing somebody with an addiction to Tetris like this, this is just. It's sad. It's sad too because you know she's twenty, so that it looks down upon that. You know, just recently, our age group got classified as millennials, and I'm like, I'm far from a millennial. I'm not like that. But then when I look at it, you know, I was like, yeah, I do have some millennial tendencies because I do a lot of social media and everything. But you know, it's just it's wow. I mean, I really well, at a lo- I'm really at a loss yeah, for words. Me for this. too. Just, you know, once just, I started just, reading I it, I was like. What am I going to even say about it? You know, but it's just a, it's just, I heard about that and I was like, that is, you know, it's not a publicity stunt. I mean, it's, you can tell she's obviously like troubled or whatever. So, you know, and I'm not really just making fun of that part of it. We're trying to just joke about it, but, um, you know, yeah, definitely need some help or something with yeah. that kind of stuff. I mean, she's recognized that she did Maybe she's just trying to say, well, whatever. I just, maybe I just say whatever I com- comes to mind. Maybe she's just one of those people. I don't know. They just doesn't yeah. really think about. Well, maybe this is a, maybe this is her outcry for help. You know, maybe yeah, pe- pe- people need to kind of look at this and you know and analyze this and not and not sensationalize it so much. Actually, go to her and say, "Hey, what's going on with your life?" Talk to her like a person and see if you can get her to talk back to you and actually have some communication lines open. The people that close themselves off like that, you end up looking at suicide and all kind of other crazy things that can happen. When Tetris so, doesn't feel that void. Exactly. You know, you know what happens when uh, what happens? No new what game. happens when Tetris says, "I don't want to be with you anymore"? To her, you know, I mean, th- 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 it's just going to rock her whole world. So you know, you got to look at things like that, and you you know, we need we as a society, when a person comes out like that, we need to help that person the best way we can. You know, be nice to them, be respectful to them, but also to say, "Honey, it's a video game. You can't love a video game like that. There's something not right there." You know. Well, anyway, all right. Well, we'll switch gears from that one. That's a little dark, but anyway. So yeah. I got a little uh, bit more news too, real quick. So um, <clears throat> the other the other piece of news that we have um, is with Anthem. So I just was reading this just just recently, and I, I'll post it on our Facebook page because I just read it like late, at the end of the day today. And Anthem now is getting pushed back to 2019. Reasoning behind that is because of all of this stuff that is hitting. 
Destiny 2 hitting uh, Battlefront 2. They are going in and they are working this game to death because they want to make sure it comes out right and comes out in a better aspect. So for me, I'm not getting hyped up about it, but it does show that maybe somebody out there in the gaming world that is corporations like Activision, Bungie, EA, Bioware, they're actually listening to us finally. Hopefully that's the case. I hope that's what they're doing is trying to fix it because they showed that demo uh, last year in 2017 of it and it looked like a fairly complete game or pretty close to being a complete game. If they're having to do a complete rework of it, it seems promising that they're actually trying to correct what was going to be some major issues. And when I say pushed it in 2019, I don't mean like January 2019. I mean they're talking like March, April, May of 2019 maybe even further back than that just to give it a rework so um keep 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 an eye on that in the news guys if you see anything let us know on that but that that's kind of where that stands especially considering that this uh that game was going to be considered anthem's going to be considered a destiny killer which i mean the division was too and we saw where that goes so if destiny killed itself what do you it's not a killer right yeah i don't i don't hold out much hope for i don't hold out much hope for anthem uh, anymore after EA and now this whole yeah, deal yeah, but exactly. like we talked about last time but uh, alright well this is I actually got a couple of things this is a cool thing do you know the um, highest remember the, the game that sold the NES game the most expensive NES game ever sold on eBay or any anywhere no I don't know that one I, I it's, honestly it's, don't know it. it's stadium events that's uh, right yeah I did remember reading about yeah, that I know like, that you've heard it so stadium events is about 30 grand Okay, yeah, it sold for about thirty grand. Yeah, stupid money. <laughs> Somebody found it at a Goodwill too, sealed, and they they only put it on the shelf for so long. They pulled it off, uh, and get and it came out as a World Track Meet, I believe, is a mm-hmm. new one. But but anyway, so yeah, a sealed copy of Steam at thirty grand. Well, guess what? There's a new. This happened um, last year. Sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers sales for thirty thousand dollars wow so now we got a thirty thousand dollars 144 cents or thirty thirty thousand one hundred dollars and 44 cents on ebay this is from kotaku and kotaku confirmed that this the buyer has paid up so it's sold it's a mint copy wow condition sealed copy of super mario brothers okay um it's the black box just solo super mario brothers game okay now and by the way, it's twenty six dollars and ninety. It has a sticker on it that says twenty six dollars and ninety nine cents, and that would be a markdown price from back then. And somebody did the math on it, and it said just for people that don't believe that games were sixty dollars back then, twenty six dollars and ninety nine cents in nineteen eighty five dollars is worth sixty dollars and sixty five cents today. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then he says, I swore my mom paid seventy dollars for Final Fantasy three on NES at Christmas in ninety four, and I swear I, I thought that was eighty. So I don't know if his math is 100% correct, but it's something like that. Anyway, the point is they were expensive. So $30,000. Okay, you can go on eBay right now. This is for collectors out there. This is the little devils in the details type of thing. If you're a serious collector, which I'm not a sealed game collector. I don't understand why people buy sealed games. You know, you know, I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say if somebody offered me a good deal, 50, 100 bucks on a sealed copy of Final Fantasy III, which I would never be able to find that cheap. I'm, I wouldn't buy it. I don't know. Maybe I would at that point, but because I already have a, a loose copy, but a uh, sealed copy. Okay. You can go on eBay right now and find this exact game, sealed copy Super Mario Brothers Black Box, for around, 
anywhere from 250 to 600 dollars for sale so what yeah this one went for 30,000 though why did it go for 30,000 oh because it is uh still shrink wrapped of course which which those other ones are too Mm -hmm. but it's a very early copy of the game it had in its original, quote, hang tab style box. On the back of the box, it has a little st- sticker hang tab that you could pop out. You'll remember it. I know you know what oh, I'm yeah. talking about. I know exactly what that you're talking about. pop out, hang out, hang, display it at KB Toys or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they started coming out like that in the very early original. So this is one of like mm-hmm. the second gen releases of Super Mario or second iteration of releases for Super Mario Brothers. So that's why it sold so much. But if you didn't know that, or maybe the people that are selling it on eBay for $600 don't know that. Look yeah. at that. There's all kind of little tricks like that that you can do if you're a collector. But I thought that was really cool. Uh, So now there's a brand new, you know, or at least something that rivals stadium events for. uh, They don't know how many are out there. They think of like 12 or something like that Mm -hmm. that are still out there. They have no idea. I don't know how you would know that. You're just Um, throwing off. You're just airballing guessing on those. Yeah. So, so anyway, so that's that's just kind of interesting, I thought. it says the same buyer purchased some other sealed games that were auctioned at the same time, including a lot containing a sealed copy of the game Kid Icarus that finished at over 11000 Wow. Wow. Who has that money to just blow yeah. on games and just look at it? I mean, but people do it. I mean, that's great if you're that into it. I mean, there's people that do it all the time. That uh, Path the NES Punk has the World uh, Nintendo World Championships gold cart, which are worth... The same type of thing, thirty grand loose, because it has to be loose because all they had. By the way, so the contest, uh, not the not the NES contest, uh, NES mini contest. I'll get to that one in a second. But before we get to Legend of Zelda, I just want to hit, tell you guys this. So two two uh, podcasts ago, I mentioned if it, that you know we kind of got another thing about clear, never asking questions and all this kind of thing. Yep. Uh, and I said if you find a copy, uh, if you, excuse me, if you find a question that he's asked. From that episode before, so that was episode 15. So before episode 15, if you can find an episode that he has asked a question, we will send you. I will send you a game. Clear will pay for it if it's overseas or whatever, the uh, shipping. Um, and I said, I don't think it exists, but I'm here to tell you. I don't even tell you this. I listened to an old one today, and I heard a question. Oh, my god! So it exists. There, It does exist. I really did not think it exists, but it oh, does wow. exist. At okay. least one. I'm sure it may be one or two, but... At least one. I won't give you any other hints than that. You guys can go find it. So the first person to find it, just by listening to this podcast, I will send you a game. Well, you uh, now your choice, sixty dollars or below. Now know that it is out there. It is possible. So it is not an impossible task. Yeah, it's there. And make and sure also, you and make sure I'll you send ahead. us. Make sure you send us the you know the, uh, about the time frame and what. Uh, well, I, which I one know where it so is. So you just so tell me the episode. Tell so me the episode and the it. question. Well, then you're going to have to tell me offline which one it is so I can go <laughs> listen to it because I want to hear this question that I ask. So, so but, um, um, you got Monster Hunter about to come out. you got Dragon Ball Fighter Z, You've got Metal Gear Survive. you got some good games that are out right now that are on oh, Amazon. Uh, yeah, well, if, only if you're an Xbox player. Xbox I know. It should come out for PlayStation. They're, but yeah, they're don't, don't make it a game that hadn't come out yet because I don't want to have to wait around and maybe I'll pre-order it for you and have it sent to you if it's that's, something like that. We'll see. That's a good. I thing guess about I could Am- do that. Yeah, with Amazon, yeah. that's a good bad thing about Amazon. You, if you pre-order it for them, you can have it pre-ordered and set to ship to their house when it comes out. You know, yeah. and plus, you know, when you're looking at Monster Hunter, it comes out the end of the week, so that's not a huge, you know, huge thing there. You know, yeah. guys, 
go hunt it. Go get your free game, man. It's a free game. We'll we'll even you know put a post on Facebook congratulating you on it and everything. We'll make a big deal about it. So um, the other contest, SNES Mini, um, and man, it is racking up. Let me. I didn't even. I just oh, finished man, the day before yeah. I got on here. I know you you're you're recording some, and I'm recording some. Yep. What I have right now. I, I'm, I thought I had it open. I don't have it open, but it was last I looked, it was like over 1,700 entries. Yeah. Okay. You, you're, you're hitting the bigger chunk. I've only got a, yeah. a, a couple hundred. You know, I'll have a ton of and entries. We're not even, to... what are we, about halfway through this thing? Yeah, roughly halfway through. But I'm uh, telling you, when I put those names in Excel, um, I'm going through, and then once we hit the deadline, we're going to go back through and make sure we got everybody and whatnot. Yep. But when that person follows on Podbean, so it doesn't have their email, so uh, it'll have their little screen name, and I can contact them on Podbean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so which is what I'll have to do if that if that hits. But when I put that, you should see that chunk of XL that just, just just following uh, does. So I mean, you guys get on there and follow. It's a free follow. It doesn't, had, doesn't affect couple, you. Yeah, it? we've had a couple followers followers yeah. new too. So we yeah. know you're listening. Guys, follow it. 20 extra votes for you, or 20 extra tickets into this competition. That's a big jump for you right there. When you're looking at, if you just do the little bit of liking us on Facebook, following us on Facebook, uh, the you know like the post and comment on the post, and then you add that in, that's 35 hits on just doing that, and it'll take you two minutes to do all of that. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into it. There's nothing that I've... I despise more than when I listen to podcasts with people that say, "Hey, we're going to review whatever game." Of course, we're on the thirty-minute mark or so. Yeah, we've we've blown a lot. Then somebody time, that but... burnt. There's some podcasts that'll go three hours and it's about one game. Let's just say Legend of Zelda, oh, and it'll be like two hour mark before they start it. And you're like, dude, yeah. are you serious? Uh, so anyway, we'll go ahead and get started on it, so we don't yeah. leave you guys hanging anymore. Yeah. So apologize. Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Apologize on the link of the beginning of this. So. No, it's all good because we do want to get we do want to get you guys more than just you know the Legend of Zelda. So that way, if you didn't play it, you can maybe get something out of it uh, as well. Um, so, Legend of Zelda, what is so special about this game? This is a classic game. It's timeless. It still holds up today. So let's kind of dive into a little bit of uh, what we remember about it. I didn't do any research on this game. Okay, so. Uh, mine's all from memory. I've played it recently. I finished it in a special way. I'll talk about uh, later on. Yeah, I but remember that too. That was that's <laughs> awesome. I have to post a picture on. Definitely. You still, I, okay. Yeah, we'll, um, get, we'll get you a picture up there of your achievement. That's a pretty pretty awesome achievement there. But we'll talk about it in a little bit. So, what do you remember about the game? We'll let you start this one off. I'm always okay. The so, so my memories are a little thin on this because one, I didn't play the first Legend of Zelda a lot. My favorite one was A Link to the Past on Super NES. Uh, that's so my I, favorite too. So I, I loved grabbing chickens and throwing them. That was that was one of my favorite things. I loved doing that. It was so much fun. And two, I just re- recently read read a way to be able to beat the entire game with only three hearts at the very beginning of the game. Like you can beat the game in like <laughs> yeah, five minutes and I so want to do it. I've got an emulator to do it. It's a glitch. I don't have a link to the past cartridge, but I have an emulator and I'm going to try it, you know, just to see if it, see if yeah. I can do it. But, but it just made me laugh. So that, that, those are more of my memories there. I have memories on fir- on older, older ones, but on this one, one of my memories that I do have, and it, it does it does entail us actually, is I remember in the Nintendo Power when the Zelda map came in. Yep. 
And I remember us having the Zelda map. It's hard and, to find. I bet it's worth and, a lot, little bit of money now. And, and you actually actually had it taped on your wall at one time, I remember. Because <laughs> it, we played Zelda that much, you know. At least you did. I probably did. I just like the map. I like to walk around with the map. <clears throat> and Zelda was, Zelda was one of those games that I didn't play much. I actually watched Hollywood play. And that was kind of our thing at one time was, you know, if one person liked a game really more than the other, the other one would kind of watch it. And it was kind of for us like theater for the other person. You know, we'd make comments back and forth and everything talk about it and especially if i saw something that he didn't or he saw something that i didn't you know we'd always point it out to each other so you know that that was one of the first games that i remember us doing that and two me growing up i was sick a lot when i was younger i had pneumonia like five times i got poison ivy all the time i was a real kind of sickly kid at the beginning hollywood always come over while i was sick and play video games for me or we'd play video games together because Luckily for him, he was not as allergic to Poison Ivy as I was. I was allergic to it. I don't remember you being that. So I know you had like a lung problems or whatever, but I don't yeah. remember you ever being really sick to where, hey, let's go do something. Let's, and you were like, I can't, I'm sick. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I never really remember that that like that. I just remember going over there and playing video games. You'd come over and play. We just, That was our thing, you know? Yeah, and so... You know, those were the those were the kind of things. You know, and I was sick actually a lot of those times. I tried to hide it because I I really felt like it was inhibiting me from even having friends at sometimes. So, um, but you know that that that's in the past. And so um, I, I remember that, and I remember uh, I remember going into dungeons. I remember that music every time you hit a dungeon. You know, it has that specific music, and, and uh, I remember trying to always get the sword that you would be able to throw, uh, throw or throw or whatever with, and going against, I forget what they're called, but the little red things that you hit and they make the funny sound every time you hit them. They go like, like that sucker sound. I have no idea what you're I talking can't, about. I can't remember the sound. It, it made a weird sound whenever you would hit They all hit made them. kind of the same sound. You either killed them or you just hurt them. Yeah, because you would hurt them and they would kind of bounce jump back, back a little yeah. bit, bounce back and flicker and... So, yeah. you know, that, that's about the gist of my memories. Yeah, well, later on in life, I did play Zelda all the way through and beat it and everything, but those are just some of the little bit of memories because Zelda was one of the first games I remember uh, playing with Hollywood. Uh, it was just one of those first ones that we had. And two, you know, me and Hollywood really didn't game a lot until Super Nintendo came out, and that's when we really hit our stride gaming together. But we did play a yeah. little bit of Nintendo beforehand. Not much, but a little bit, because we were, at the time, you know, living in different areas before, you know, when Nintendo first dropped. So, so when this, uh, so Mario came out, you know, with it came with a Nintendo, whatever, and you played it, and you, you, nobody knew what video games were. I mean, you, you know, people, some people had an Atari. I mean, they knew what video games were. I'm talking about from a six-year-old kid didn't know what video games were, was, and, um, and so I'd went over to John Dre's house and was playing Mario all the time. He's the first one to have it or whatever. And I remember walking. I remember this this time. I remember very, very vividly. I walked in, just coming to see him. He's sitting on the floor. I don't even think he got up to let me in the house. I don't know how I got in. His mom let me in or something. And they went and sat on his couch. And if you remember, John Dre's had this big TV on the floor. Mm-hmm. And that wooden, like a wooden TV. They just come with like. You know, TV screen came in like a big wood wood grain case, like to make it look ornamental or whatever. The but it, big old school console. Yeah, TV. I don't know how they got that. They made an oak surrounding it and all this. <laughs> he just put pictures on it or whatever. Yeah, he had one but of anyway. the biggest console TVs I've ever seen. It was insane. And so he was down on his knees, had the map out, staring at the map, looking at the controller, and I just walk in and like. And I'm like, what is he doing? What's this, a new game? Cool, let's play this new game. You know, whatever new game, I'm interested in seeing it. And um, he, uh, his mom was just like, you know, how are you doing? What are you doing? 
And I was like, oh, good. I was just not doing it. And his, he goes, Bob, be quiet. You only get one life in this game. And when you die, it's over. <laughs> and you're like, <gasps> you know, what kind of game is this? You know, there was no, we didn't know what saves were or anything mm-hmm. like that. You know, of course, it had a battery backup. And it was in the gold cart, which made it automatically just stand out, which is just oh, awesome. Yeah. This, you know, this like they, this like Nintendo said, this game is solid gold right here. We're going to put this in a different cart. Let's put it in a gold cart because it's definitely special. And they were right. It uh, was. I mean, Miyamoto made it based on his childhood where he would go exploring caves and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's just an adventure. He used to pretend it, he was on an adventure, you know, running around Japan or wherever. And so he wanted to develop a game like that. And uh, so his skills as making just a fun game, fun factor game, just translated over into an adventure game. And man, he crushed it. And hadn't been, it has not been duplicated until Breath of the Wild, which we're not talking about Breath of the Wild this time, but a phenomenal game. Probably my new favorite Zelda. I say that. I haven't gone back and played it yet. I've played Link to the Past several times. I actually played Zelda 1 more than any of them. So if you're going... Solely on how many I've gone back and played, Zelda would be my favorite. But So you start off, it just opens, so it gives you a little bit of history if you leave the game running. It kind of scrolls and gives you a story, um, and the story's in the manual too, uh, when games used to come with manuals, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I miss about, those manuals, man. Yeah, it's just a whole special thing about the game. It's just a bonus. You open it up and get to hear the story, see the drawings, the descriptions yes. of all the items and stuff that you could get later on, and all this kind of cool stuff. Um the name of the enemies. I mean, it just spelled it. It made the world for you, you know? And uh, so you turn it on. It opens up. You can go left, up, or right. You can go any, you know, but that's it. They don't tell you what mm-hmm. to do. There's a little cave there. And you got to go in and get the wooden sword. And in the famous line, it's dangerous to go alone. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, you got the old man's in there. And you're like, what does that mean? You just walk up the sword and you get it. Now you got a sword. And I mean, I think I walked around without the sword at first. I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. And what do you I do? This is so weird, you know. And uh, you get the sword, then it kind of starts it off for you. And they were they did the original game design did have the, him starting with the sword, but he wanted it to kind of be confusing because he wanted people exactly what you just said. You know, we didn't have internet and all that to go talking about the game. Oh, did you mm-hmm. know if you go in the cave, you get the sword? So now that the buzz is on the street in the schoolyard in the class, you know, the weekends, whatever, about this new game and how you solve it. So you, you, the, the goal is to save Zelda from Ganon, and you go in there and, uh, and do it. So you can just go in there and start killing beasts. You get, you know, the Oct- I don't know. The, I'm going to butcher the names because I don't remember them, and I'm not looking it up. Uh, Oct- 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 some kind of Octo something. It's just the things that shoot the rocks. They have the blue and the red. Red takes one hit. Blue takes two hits. That's what I was talking about. The Octobites sucker thing. Or something. Yeah, the, the sucker yeah. things. I didn't know exactly what they were I thought you were saying it made a sa- sucker sound or something. Uh, well, when you so, well, when you hit it, 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 it the, the one that takes two hits to kill, the first hit, it makes like a pop sound. It goes, whoop, whoop. I can't yeah, remember. It just goes like, whop. It makes it, it makes it makes a different kind of sound. And so I just remember yeah. that sound. That sound is okay. like a, just a sound that I remember. So that's what I was so yeah, so anyway, you, I mean, it, there, there, so you, you got to go to there's nine levels. You got to go to level one, and you have no idea where level one is. Nobody knows where it is, but it's okay. You're just exploring. You get coins. You go buy a candle. It's like your first thing you want to buy uh, are bombs because if you have bombs, I mean, there's hidden caves everywhere. And you go back and play through it now, and you're just like, man, this is not hard to find all these hidden things. Just imagine if you didn't know where these things were, you know. 
you, but you blow up a wall and you go in there and there's a guy that says it's a secret to everybody, a moblin. It's a coin. There's a coin in front of him. You walk over and you get anywhere from 10, 30 to 100 rubies. And uh, sometimes you blow up a hidden door and you're like, cool, you go in there and it says pay me for the door and you lose 10 or 20 rubies. I don't remember. But so it's just kind of crazy like that. It's just a full up, full on adventure. But you walk in there. First first level, you get the boomerang, wooden boomerang. goes halfway across the, the mm-hmm. stage. The, the block, it's just a grid-based kind of game. Every time you move, the, the screen scrolls. You know, the, it's just one grid, you're moving around that grid. You leave that panel, then it scrolls left or right or wherever to go to a different area. Woods, mountains, uh, graveyard, uh, water, so lakes and whatnot. So you're off in Hyrule, saving Zelda. And uh, that I, I, did you, I was hooked on that game. I, I remember... Um, I, we didn't know how to save it. And I've mentioned this mm, before, but yeah. it really was like to something as simple as when you die. So you had to die to save it too. That's what's kind of weird about it. You didn't get to um, just push start and select and then save and quit or whatever. You had to die. And then it brings you up the option. Retry. And I never understood this. Retry, continue, or quit. Mm-hmm. There's no really real difference between retry and continue. I don't, I don't, I don't know why yeah. you have that option. Maybe retry start shell at the beginning. I don't think so. Uh, and then save. Or sorry, it's retry, continue, and save. Sorry, not retry, continue, and, and quit. But you got to select down to save and then push the A button. And I just didn't ever push the A button. I just went down to save. Mm-hmm. And so you had three save files on there you could save. Uh, but man, uh, that game was... Uh, you ever think about... The sword that you get at first. I mean, uh, not really. I mean, I, the, I, I'm just like, oh man, this sword just is terrible. I got to get me a better sword. That's the only time I ever thought about it. But I mean, you know, beyond that, I really never thought much about that first sword. Yeah, nobody really thinks about it. But it's called the wooden sword. I mean, what what does that mean? <laughs> Who has a wooden blade sword? It's just I, it's, a big it, stick with a point. It's basically practice sword, you know. I mean, I, I did a lot of medieval. Yes, yeah, exactly. So, so a, like we had practice swords, and they're all wooden, and so it's like. Yeah, it's like thanks, old man. Give me a practice sword to go kill Ganon with. Yeah, so it's you like it, you, you're <laughs> definitely not meant to do anything with that, other than maybe learn how to swing it, and that's about it, you know. <laughs> so you get six hearts, and that opens you up for the white sword, and so that's just the next level sword, the level two sword. That's all it is. All the things it took two hits to kill now take one hit. And so some stuff takes three hits to kill with a wooden sword. They still take two with the white sword. So you're just kind of moving up. Uh, and then you uh, eventually get to the master sword. If you have 12 hearts, it's hidden in the graveyard. You push the gravestone over, climb in, and get the master sword. And there's little hints that talks about it. Um, you know, that I don't know what the hint is for the graveyard, uh, for the master sword, but you'll run into a couple of places in labyrinths or these caves I'm talking about. And the little old man will give you a hint on where stuff is. Um, so one of them I just learned this. Is one, one guy says, the 10th enemy holds the bomb. And everybody's like, what does that mean? So what that we found out what it means. What that means is in Zelda, which is a new thing. I didn't know this, so it's probably going to be new to a lot of you. Uh, if you kill 10 enemies without, well, so you kill 9 enemies without being hit. On your 10th enemy, if you kill it with a bomb, you get more bombs. Ah. So that is really cool. That's a good way to stock up on bombs. I did not know yeah, that, but that's didn't how you. Know that. Yeah, ten, uh, nine enemies without getting hit on their tenth enemy. If wow. you kill with a bomb, you get a bomb. That's what that means. 
Uh, so if you're trying to go back and play it, you can get all the unlimited bombs you want. So you can only hold eight bombs, but then you can start buying to get 12, 16. Mm-hmm. I think you could even get 20. I'm not sure. For the longest time playing this game, though, you get that. So you get uh, also with your swords, you got defensive stuff, of course, with the big shield that blocks the fireballs from the water hydra. Um, and you also get rings. So you got a blue ring and a red ring. And the blue ring is, uh, you know, you, you take twice as much damage. And I played this game for so long um, and never found the red ring until I was like an adult. And I played it all the time. I had no idea where the red ring was. You know, and there's no way to... And nobody knew where it was. I only know one guy yeah. that got it. And I think it was uh, Jeff of all people. Wow, um, that's a curveball. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, you know, he, uh, he that was over at uh, Nicholas's house. And um, he, he had it. And I was like, oh, he said, here's my, you know, let's play Zelda. Okay, he plugged it in. And I saw this little saved guy, like, had a red ring. I'm like, what? Where did he get it? He's like, I don't know. Uh, you know, had no idea. He must have just found it, you know. But the reason is it's, it's hidden in a, a space. Ganon, it's in uh, level nine, Ganon's castle. And it's a wall you have to blow up that's a blank. Uh, you know, it's not a, it doesn't look like it's part of the map. Mm-hmm. You have to go off the map to get the red ring. That's why. Uh, and I think I stumbled up on it, upon it. And he's just kind of walking through the uh, stairwells and stuff. And you're like, this has got to be the red ring. This is crazy. And so, yep, you get the red ring and silver arrows in Ganon's castle. So, um, what do you, what do you know? Are you read something about it? Or? Well, I, I mean, I, I was digging through some stuff, looking at the history of it and everything, and it, so it was really neat. Like, I didn't realize that Legend of Zelda, with its history of all, all the games, has a backstory kind of like Metal Gear does. Like with Metal Gear. You know, that's not the first game in the timeline, in the chronological order. Of, of <laughs> okay. It. So Zelda's not, Zelda's like that too. And I was like, wow, this is kind of That's neat. a good thing so, to talk so, about. So, so, sure. so, 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 they're, uh, so the chronolo- chronology of all of it is actually different than when it came out in the actual t- you know, years. So that's kind of neat. I'm going to look up the actual uh, chronology of it and uh, either post it or talk about yeah, it. Yeah, you're, ha- you're not going to be able to talk about it. So I'm gonna post it because it. it's it's a lot, you know. It's it's really extensive and it's really neat. But uh, the one thing that I did want to bring up is I, I just learned this was uh, who Zelda was actually named after. She was actually inspired. Her name was inspired by F. Scott Fitzgerald's wife, Zelda. Miyamoto thought that name sounded pleasant and significant, so paying tribute, he chose to name the princess after her and title it the Legend of Zelda. So it is in honor of. F. Scott Fitzgerald's wife, Zelda. And then the other thing, too, is which, I mean, I kind of guess this because looking at Link, he kind of looks like this. But Link and the fairy were inspired by Peter Pan and Tinkerbell. You know, that's where the <laughs> inspiration for that came from. And then the Master Sword, which, if you know medieval times, you know a Thur- Thurian legend and things like that, you know that the Master Sword and Excalibur are almost direct similarities because you got to pull the master sword out of a rock. Excalibur came out of a rock, but he chose that because it's, it's the similarities of laying the uh, lay with the swords being kept in the stone until a chosen one hero takes it out and saves the land. So basically he based it around that whole same kind of principle of this sword only chooses one person 
and I thought that was a neat a neat thing as well because I'm a big person into medieval times, medieval history, and things like that. So, you know, those are a few little things that you know the sword thing. I kind of guessed it. The Peter Pan and Tinkerbell relation. I kind of guessed it, but the Zelda thing was really neat, especially because right now there's a TV series that my wife is watching. Is I forgot it was it's something. It's something all about. Zelda, Zelda, F. Scott Fitzgerald's wife before they meet, and then right when they meet. Who is F. Scott Fitzgerald? F. Scott Fitzgerald is a guy that's written quite several books. I forget which books he's written, but he's a he's a well, extremely well known author. Let me tell you which one his big ones were. Uh, you're looking Sound like at the president or something, <laughs> <laughs> vice president or something, uh, some so, kind of political figure. Because I'm not a reader, old... so so I don't remember. But uh, he was a big writer. He did a lot of th- stuff like that. Let's see. Something uh, back in the American Revolution or something. Uh, he did the 20s and the 30s are when he wrote. And uh, yeah. so he, he went in the military. Uh, God, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm blanking on it. Um, well, uh, let's see. I'll, 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 I'll do stuff about it later. But uh, We don't know who he is yet. He's our the, author. Uh, novels. But... The Great Gatsby. Uh, oh yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the yeah, beautiful okay. and the damned. Uh, Tender is the night. The last tycoon. Uh, novellas. Uh, Diamond as a big Ritz. Uh, May Day. Uh, Rich boy. These were all written in the twenties, and so yeah, Great Gatsby. Uh, that's yeah. the one that that's what it, that's what it was. Was the Great Gatsby, and I just really just totally blanked on it. Um, so so Zelda's written after or made, named after the Great Gatsby's writer's wife. Yes. Okay, cool. So, something you were saying. Oh, yeah, about the ma- uh, Master Sword. This is f- funny. I just thought about this while you were talking about that. I don't know when the Master Sword was introduced. I think it was introduced. I know it was introduced in A Link to the Past. I, don't, I think that was the first one. I don't think it was introduced in Zelda 2. I only played Adventures of Link a few times when I was a kid, and I went back and finished it as an adult because one of them I never finished. Uh, so I have played it through within the past 10 years. I mean, I don't know how long ago, at least at least five years ago. So the, it's actually called the Magical Sword in uh, The Legend of Zelda NES. And I always called it the uh, Master Sword all these years. And I went back and played it and I saw it said Magical Sword. I was like, oh, yeah, it's the Magical Sword, not the Master Sword in Zelda 1. But in the Link to the Past, excuse me, he does have to pull that sword out of the stone like that. That's what it um, mm-hmm. kind of came down to from the from the Lost Woods. But anyway, the chrono- chronology... It's a hard word to say. Chronology. Chronolo- chrono- chronological. Chronological. Uh, <laughs> timeline. It's a tough one to say. For really Zelda... Is. I'm not even looking at it, but uh, chronological timeline for Zelda is uh, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's obvious that this is an afterthought. He had no intentions of making a whole sequel thing like that the only direct sequel is legend of zelda 2 yeah and before you go too far on that uh link you are correct link of a a link to the past was the first time the master sword appeared okay um and so yeah so link to the past was the prequel to the legend of zelda one which is cool so we got right all three no problems the first three there's no problems and then you got link's awakening on game boy phenomenal game where does that come into play because it's always a heat and you know some of them will say a hero uh, before you, you know, the killed Ganon and what? And you're like, what? Who am I? If I'm not Link, I did that. <laughs> you know, Link did that, and I'm linking this one. How is there a hero before me? So it gets ridiculous. You got um, Ocarina of Time that came out, so it starts to get to where the Ocarina of Time is where it splits. 
um, to where it gets crazy. And I won't, I don't know all of it. I mean, they came out with Hyrule Historia, which is a book and it that has the full, that has the full timeline and explains it. And actually, you have the the Wii that I bought is the uh, the Wind Waker version. So I got Wind Waker uh, download on there and Hyrule Historia on there. Uh, so you can you could get it that way if you find a, a Wii U with a Link or a Wind Waker, the Wind Waker version. So it's something along the line of Kid Link and Adult Link. So one timeline, Zelda sends uh, Link makes Adult Link a kid again and goes back and lets him relive his childhood. Another timeline, this is all the canon of Zelda too. So it's like breaks off into different timelines. The, another timeline is the Adult Link runs off and continues questing around or whatever. And then another timeline is that Ganon actually won against Link. Yeah, and so so, so those timelines are actually so you've got the you've got the main timeline which is the Legend of Zelda series, and then you have the timeline that's the decline of Hyrule, then you have the Twilight Realm and a New World. So there's your three timelines the way they fit from what I'm reading here on the chronology. Yeah, it's just it just gets really crazy. So. A lot of people were just like, you know, just made it. But they, they kept pressuring Nintendo to put out an official timeline, and somebody came up with that. And that's, I mean, that's the best you can do with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so at least people got their timeline, and maybe they're making new games based on this timeline. I don't know where Breath of the Wild fits in the, into that all of that. It's not even um, on here. Yeah, so I don't think they they have to come up with a new story, a whole new timeline for that one. But, um, but yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Weird things about the game. I mean, a wooden sword. You see, like it's a practice sword, the white sword, and the magical sword. Um, you also get other items: the boomerang, the wand uh, that shoots. That's what everybody wanted. The wand. You get that in level six. It shoots the wands out like the little ghosts that run around. And then if you get a book, it will. Whenever the wand hits the end of the stage, fire light. It turns into like a candle. The fire lights up and it'll light up any dark room. Little things I remember is climbing up the waterfall, uh, the side of the ladder beside the waterfall where you get the white sword. You got to do it five times, I believe, to get to level five. So you're just climbing up, and it's the same screen, mm-hmm. scrolling again, scrolling again, scrolling again. You think you're doing it wrong. If you exit left or right at any time, or excuse me, left, it'll take you back out to the waterfall. Any other yep. one will just repeat. But then it'll, you'll get that secret. And you go in there to level five, and then um, that, and then you had to go up. I still remember this. I can't remember the Lost Woods. You go up, left, down, left. So it's northwest, southwest is how you get out of the Lost Woods. And that's how you get to the Death Mountain area, one of the ways you can get there. That's where you'll find the the graveyard with the magical sword in level six, where you get that one. Um, They got ladders. They got rafts. They got uh, the bombs, of course. Mm -hmm. The bow and arrow, which is cool. The arrow is actually counted as coins so the mm-hmm. number of coins you had number of arrows you were shooting they changed that in link to the past to give you just a, a set amount of arrows and not just the coins i don't know if they did that they probably just did that because of system limitations i'm sure um let's see what else did you have the candle so it's blue and a red blue you can only use once per tile you had to leave and come back or go to the next tile and red you could do as much as you wanted that was good that was good to get mm-hmm. that uh, the wand, I'm trying to think. Oh, and yeah, there's that enemy bait. That is the weirdest and dumbest yeah. thing, uh, which I'll talk about in a second. The enemy bait. <laughs> you could buy it. It's, so you have it in your inventory. You lay it down as many times as you want. Supposedly it makes enemies come to it and uh, stand over it. But, I mean, it's not really a problem. You know, I don't have a problem having enemies come to me. Find or enemies find, easy. Find enemies, <laughs> kill them, yeah. I mean, you just... 
put it in that tile and they just walk over there to it. So I mean, sometimes you don't know if it's, if it's attracting them or it's just kind of by default they just happen to walk over it, you yeah. know, and stand by it. And what was by the enemy bait? Uh, the whistle was down in the bottom right, I think. There was something beside the enemy bait. Oh, what was it? Well, let me just do it in, do it in order. The first, first level, we got boomerang and boomerang and uh, the wooden boomerang and the bow and, or the bow. You had to buy the arrows. Second level, you get the magical boomerang. Third level, you get the ladder. Fourth level, or no, third level, you get the um, the uh, raft. And the fourth level, you get the ladder. Fifth level, you get the whistle. Sixth level, you get the wand. Seventh level, you get... Uh, this must be the one I'm missing. What do you get in the seventh level? Eighth level, uh, the eighth level, you get the magical key and the um, the book. But what do you get in level seven? I'm trying to find a uh, screenshot of the uh, of the inventory. I can't believe I forgot. Man, this is gonna drive me up the wall now. No, we're gonna find it. No, the level seven, you get the uh, red candle. Yeah, level seven, you get the red candle. But there's something I'm missing in the inventory. I'm, I'm getting that for you. Hang on. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Screenshot of the inventory. Let me make sure this Oh, it's just one. a potion. Yeah, it's just a potion. Yeah. The blue potion and the red potion. Yep. You just buy that. That's why I couldn't come up with it. Power bracelet's another thing you get in your inventory. It's at the top. Um, That's not the... Yeah, the power bracelet you can pick up or move rocks. You don't pick up anything in this one. So, yeah, that's why I couldn't remember. The red candle's in seven. But but anyway, just, just a bunch of cool little things you can get that help you on your journey. It's always, uh, that's what made it so much fun. Um, the magical shield, you can get it for 90 coins or 160, depending on where you went. You know, you could buy hearts. Uh, you could play, you could gamble on there. They try to play, uh, I don't remember what the guy said, but, you know, he'd have a little, pick the coins. If you, it's like, you walk over a coin, you might lose 10, lose 20, or win 50 or something like that. Coins, there's three coins to pick from. Uh, stuff like that. A lot of fun, man, with this game. Just adventurous. Oh, the second quest. So once you complete Zelda... Oh, so, yeah, I meant to say this before we go to that. The enemy bait. You walk into le uh, level 7, and there's a little guy there that'll say, Grumble, Grumble. That's all he says, grumble, right, grumble. Yeah. I remember that. And it's a, it's a puzzle. So like, grumble, grumble, what is that? Oh, the enemy bait. I can feed him. You put it down, and then it, you know, you put down the enemy bait, and then it opens the doors for you, and you go. You walk through. You know, it's out of your inventory, too, and you got to go buy it again if you want it. And I just go buy it because I wanted to, have a, wanted to have a full inventory mm -hmm. instead of just having a gap right there. But these, you got to think about these little uh, puzzles and stuff that are in this game. And, and two to to uh, to um, say because I know you were uh, trying to remember if it was sixteen or twenty bombs you could hold you could uh, capacity was up to sixteen. Okay, yeah, sixteen then. I thought I I thought I got up to twenty, but I guess it's just sixteen when I was trying to do the, the special thing. So I'll post a picture of it. But I actually went back and I saw that people did this have finished Zelda without getting the sword. Have gotten all, you got you got to get the sword to kill Ganon, but got all the way to Ganon. Without getting the sword, and I actually did that. I was so it was so it looked like so much fun, and it was not as hard as you think. Um, you got to kill enemies with bombs and and um, mm -hmm. and uh, the candle. But once you get you know enough bombs, if you I mean there's several times you go into a labyrinth and you're out of bombs, and you got to go well, you got to go run around until you get enough money to buy bombs or what or 
Well, now you know the trick. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you just have to do it. I mean, you kind of, even if you know how to do it, it just takes practice to kill those dark nuts with bombs. Mm-hmm. Um, those are hard. That's the hardest part. Once you get the, the red candle or once you get the wand, you're pretty much home free at that point. The wand just, just hits everything just like the, um, just like the white sword. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I want to post a picture of it. I might even use it as the picture of our... Um, That'd be good. Yeah, use it on our profile picture for the for for the week. Yeah, so I may do that. But uh, just the interesting thing about it, the second quest. So once you finish kill Ganon, you you hit. He just disappears and he's surrounding you. You see little fireballs coming. You're sitting there swinging your sword, and you'll finally hit him. He turns blue, and you got to shoot him with the uh, you got to shoot him with the silver arrow. And so and you keep doing that, and he'll eventually stop and you shoot him and he kills him. You pick up the Triforce, go in there and save Zelda. And after you walk through the place where Zelda's, Zelda is, there's a little fire around there and you got to hit it with mm-hmm. your sword. You can't just walk into it. I wonder how, I wonder if anybody was almost dead when they killed Ganon and walked into that fire by I'm accident. Willing, I'm willing to bet there's probably at least one or two people out there that have done that. <laughs> yeah. So you get Zelda in the game over, you win. But then you get to start a second quest. And if you look at the save file, Link is holding the magical sword. That's how you know this is a second quest. Mm-hmm. And do you, I learned this too. You know where the second second quest came from? No, I did not. <clears throat> the second quest, yeah, I just thought it was just a cool hidden gem of the game. Yeah. But it's actually they had, they had more uh, space left over. Ah. They thought the game was going to take up a lot more space than it did. And so they had some left over, so they just made a second quest with it. How cool is that? That's pretty cool, you know? You know, they didn't go, well, I don't want to waste money, and, you know, we could be working on another game. They said, let's just give these people, give them a little, you know, their money's give, worth. Exactly. That's 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 really cool. It makes me think more, uh, more highly of the makers of Zelda. Nintendo, yeah. I mean, Nintendo's always got the high marks for me. They really do. I mean, it's... I hate that they had the GameCube era, because that was kind of their downturn. Now, we use. Well, I mean, the Wii U did was too, but the GameCube hurt them, you know, hurt them greatly because I remember with, uh, you know, all my buddies at college, you know, when you left Jones, everybody at Jones, we started playing Super Smash Brothers on uh, N64. I got a GameCube and brought over Super Smash Brothers on GameCube, which both of them have four controller ports, and I had four controllers for each one. We go back to Super Smash Brothers on N64 and never really play GameCube much, and it just, you know. But to me, that to me, I think GameCube was the one that hurt them the most because that's what started bringing them down some. But then, I mean, well, they de- definitely, I think they're making a return with the Switch. They definitely got to jump yeah. back into the Switch. So probably N sixty four would probably be the biggest one that started to crush them because of the cartridge. We talked about that. Yeah, you know? we need to do it a little. We need to do a talk about that. Just to, we need to do one on just the N sixty four. Yeah, uh, I think that'll be a pretty good. I'll make a lot to say about it. Oh yeah, we definitely um, have a lot to say, especially considering that that was one that me and you played together a lot. Yeah. And so, anyway, you know, that's kind of all it is about Zelda. It's really quick. You can go back and, you know, if you play the game, you can play it on emulators or whatever. It doesn't take long. If you know what you're doing, you can finish the game in one sitting. It's not that, that, not that long. But it's definitely a classic that's been around forever. And since yeah. we're talking about the second quest, just a little code that everybody remembers. Maybe you don't remember this. If you just type Zelda in for your name, mm-hmm. you automatically start on the second quest. That was yep. one of those things that Nintendo Power put out. To show you how to do it. And the second quest is the same layout as, as far as the world goes, but there are the dungeons and items are in different places, hidden doors and stuff yeah. are in different places. So, yeah, so let's just go ahead and cut it off, man. We're about an hour and 10 minutes in. Yeah. And uh, 
I really don't have a whole lot more to say about Zelda uh, other yeah. than just that, just stuff that I remembered about it. I didn't want to do a whole bunch of facts and stuff about it. I kind of just wanted to oh. share, you know, what uh, we kind of experienced. Yes, that's what it's called, the HNK video game experience. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, yeah, check us out, guys, on Twitter. Let us know. We did get a request for a game. We've gotten it a couple times, and uh, Jaws is what it is. I've gotten that. Oh, my times. gosh. So, <laughs> I don't know how we can fill in. Maybe, you know... Well, well, I could talk about that game in ten minutes. Maybe, maybe we could put Jaws and like Excite Bike and a couple of games like that together because those are all really short games. Because I have some fond memories of Excite Bike from when I was living in Brandon before yeah. moving forest. So yeah, you've maybe, been wanting to do Excite Bike, so, so we we'll just have to so combine maybe, it. Maybe we do that. Maybe find one more other game and have those three games together because it's going to take us five minutes on most of those games anyway. So uh, I think that would be I think that would be fun to have just like a little you know mini thing of some of a couple games that are just kind of a fun relic of our past yeah jaws i do got some fun memories of excite bike not so much i mean i remember it but i mean it's really much to it that's yeah. a tough one to talk about i loved excite bike i played it like crazy so all right well let us know what you guys want to hear and uh follow us on twitter follow us on uh facebook if you haven't remember the contest like us share comment like our page follow us on podbean to get all the latest, I mean, the Podbean app is fast. If I Love put, it. if I uh, drop a podcast, I can go look at. My, as soon as I publish, I look at my mm. phone and I got like you got new ones published. Exactly. You know, for me to for me to look at. My Podbean app tells me it before everything else starts going off on Facebook, Twitter, and everywhere else. Like even before Google Play and all that has it. Then my Podbean app on my phone's blowing up saying you got a new podcast. I'm like, oh, Hollywood got it finished. All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't even text anymore. Just like, you'll see it on Podbean. It just all blows up and I see it. All right then. Well. Uh, we're going to try to get uh, rescheduled Edgy for some uh, EverQuest, if you guys are into that. And I'm sure we'll talk about some other games, but it'll be good. It'll be a four-man uh, podcast. We haven't done that yeah. one yet. That's going to be a little going to be a little combobulated there. Uh, so, so <laughs> try to mediate. To, yeah, we'll have to try to do that. And the good thing about that is is I was never a big EverQuest player. I, like I said, I did do beta testing for EverQuest Frontiers that was on the PlayStation 2, so I probably can play Mediator a little bit in that and try to guide that a little bit. So let them talk it and chop it up because, honestly, I really think we do need to cover it. It, it is a game that definitely has uh, impacted the gaming world, so... All right. Well, we appreciate everybody uh, sticking in there, and uh, you'll hear from us next week. Thanks, guys, and keep on listening. Later. Later.